to the September 23rd edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. On this episode, we'll quickly delve into some of the conference finals action and then jump into the first of many way too early off-season deep dives. So both conference finals are shaping up really nicely and it is hard to pick which way they're going to go. The Boston-Miami series is extremely tight and the Stars are pretty much doing what they're supposed to be doing. The only exception to that is my boy, Tyler Hero, 15 points, 7.7 boards and 6 assists is exactly what I was talking about a few podcasts ago. The kid is super talented and by all reports, he's one of the hardest workers in practice. So it's nice to see him ball out at the moment. He's also playing the third most minutes on the side. So if that rolls into next season, I do think that he's going to be a bit of a steal. Turning to the LA-Denver game, and again, we are at 2-1 in this series, LA being up, although it could be Denver being up if it wasn't for the big three-pointer from AD on the buzzer in Game 2 and the big game from Jeremy Grant today in Game 3. I don't want to touch on how awesome LeBron is, 23 points, 9 boards, and 9 assists, Um, but I do want to talk about playoff Rondo. He is lighting it up. 8.7 assists and two steals is vintage. He's getting about six points a game, but that's not really what you expect whenever you get Rondo. You want the assists, you want the steals, and you want him to control the game. What it's meant is that LeBron can take a bit of a breather now knowing that the offense will will still keep the pace and that the defense is going to be tight and organized. And I'm a big fan of Rondo, have been for a number of years, so it's great to see him back. It's great to see him healthy, and he's really good to watch. As these teams drop out of the playoffs, I will talk about them a little bit more. But in the meantime, let's talk way too early deep dives. So regarding the way too early deep dives, obviously we have an entire offseason to play out as well as some free agency and what, if any, a kind of summer league, winter league looks like. So I decided to start with a team that I think is probably the most stable, a team I don't see making too many big moves in or out and have a pretty clear-cut starting five and a pretty clear-cut style of play. So the first team I'm going with is the Atlanta Hawks. So Atlanta were a pretty interesting team this year. A few key stats are that they averaged 112 points per game, but they also averaged a league-high 120 points against per game, so an eight-point gap there. They were also top eight in three-pointers taken per game with 36 attempts, but they also shot it at a league-worst percentage of 33%. They were pretty much a tale of two ends of the court. Offensively, they're young, they're excitable, and they have a point guard who can beat players off the dribble if he wants to, or he can pull up from the logo if he wants to, and he is not exactly gun-shy. But on the defensive end, that same point guard is the worst defender in the league and gets beaten off the dribble consistently. And although they have a pretty solid two-way power forward, they've really struggled defensively and they needed to get in a big defensive-minded center who can stay at home, put some pressure on and swat balls if he needs to. And I believe they've got that now. I'll go into each player in position in a second, but I think the future looks really bright for this team. I think they'll mature together. I think they have the pieces that are going to work. Are they a playoff team next year? I don't think so. I think they will be about a ninth, 10th or 11th seed, they're certainly better than the 20 wins that they had this year, and I do expect them to knock off some 
pretty big sides next year. Barring any injuries, I think they're going to line up with Trey at point, Kevin Herter at shooting, DeAndre Hunter at small forward, Collins at power forward, and the new man, Clint Capella, in centre. With that, I think that Cam Reddish will probably start some games, but overall, I think he's going to be the first player off the bench, but he, he could still play starters minutes depending on how the game script goes. So Trey Young's season this year was pretty great. He was effectively a 13-10 assist per game sort of player. He was 3.4 triples, 4.3 boards, and a steal on 43.7% shooting from the field and 86% from the line. He was fourth in the league in volume in both areas, which is a blessing and a curse depending on the game. And he also topped the league with 4.8 turnovers per game. This year, Trey was also third in the league for usage, just ahead of James Harden. So he had more usage than James Harden. Just let that sink in. So opportunity won't be an issue for him. That's why I think next year he's going to do much the same. I I think he will refine his game a little bit. I think his points will stay much the same. I think his assists will also stay much the same. But I think his field goal increases and his turnovers decrease. We see it time and time again, whenever a young point guard enters the league, their field goal sucks, their turnovers are high. As he matures, as he plays with the team, as he works out where he can and can't shoot from, which he can shoot from anywhere, I think both areas are going to get a bit better. Another reason why I think those two areas are going to get better for him is the addition of Clint Capella. Trey's a small guard and there's going to be a lot of attention on him from defenders. So there's also going to be a lot of screens set for him to to free himself up and to get clean looks, which will also allow for some lob city for Capella and Collins as they roll towards the basket. If you're playing in nine category leagues, I get he is a bit polarizing. He tanks turnovers in a big, big way. He struggled from the field on large volume. He doesn't block, he doesn't get many boards, and he only gets you a steal per game. So that's five categories that he is either tanking or he's not going to win for you. However, he will win four categories by himself in a big way. 30 points, huge. 10 assists, huge. Threes, he's one of the best in the league at it, and he's almost automatic at the line. He's still young and will improve, but even if we get a carbon copy of Trey from this year's to next year, I'm still keen. Sign me up. John Collins, so he's the second of the two main Atlanta weapons. And after a very frustrating opening to the year this year, Collins was magnificent and he finished the season inside the top 10 per game value. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 1.4 triples, 0.8 steals is kind of what we expect from him. But 1.6 blocks on 58% shooting at 80% from the stripe were really, really nice. The main concern I have about Collins is maintaining those blocking numbers. He played a lot of time at the five this year, and although he will still see some minutes there, Clint Capella was brought in for a reason. By bringing Capella in, it gives Trey a little insurance for whenever he gets beaten off the dribble, but it also suggests that Collins will be more of a pick-and-pop player and be used to open up the key and stretch the floor a bit for, for Trey. There was also... A little bit of talk towards the end of the season about using him in more of a BAM type role where he facilitates at the top of the key, picks out his players, but can also beat his player in some ISO ball. I like Collins and I think he does fit really well in the Lloyd Pierce offense 
and I think he fits really well alongside Trey. But right now, I think there are a bit too many questions for me based on his stellar performance last year. I, I think he will be a popular pick and I think that people will reach for him. In an ideal world, Capella would have played a few games inside this system at the end of the year so we could see how it all works. But until we know for sure, personally, I'm going to leave him alone and let someone else take that risk. Speaking of Capella, he's the next player up. I think he'll have a really interesting ADP next year. Will he replicate his Houston stats or will he take some time to adjust? It is a difficult one to get a gauge for, but I think that by the time the next season starts and by the time they are playing some more pickup games, it's crazy enough to think that it, it's going to almost be a full year. So he would have had enough time to watch some tapes, to study plays, and to really integrate well with the guys. In his last full season with Houston, he went for 16.6 points, 12.6 boards, and 1.5 blocks on a 64% field goal. I don't think that he'll hit those heights, but I do see him being a consistent double-double with nearly two blocks per game and being ranked inside the top 40. Depending on the build and how my team is shaping out, I'll absolutely take Capella. Uh, I think he's going to be a bit of the forgotten man because we didn't get to see much of him at all this year. And I think he'll be a really solid addition to both Atlanta and to a fantasy side. Kevin Herter, he'll line up at shooting guard. Don't think there's any doubt about that. He is someone who, if anybody on this team is going to take the next step up, I think Kevin Herter is going to be the guy. Jeff Teague is out of contract and I don't think they're going to bring him back. And I do fully expect that Herter will run a fair bit of point guard with the second unit. And he'll start alongside Trey, but I do think there'll be a bit of staggering. Because of the team he's on and the stilted season this year, Herter is another one of those forgotten players. In 56 games this year, he averaged 12 points, 2.3 triples. But what I do love most is the four boards and the four assists. The shooting this year was 41%, and it can't get much worse than that. So it's safe to assume that it's either going to stay the same or it's going to lift. I'm going to go down the down the route of it lifting, just trying to be a little optimistic. and. I do think that the other supporting numbers, as I mentioned, the four boards and the four assists, really solid for a second-year player. And if he gets to run with the second unit, I could see him finishing the season with a little bit of an increase on those as well. I could see him being a 15 points, six boards, six assists site player with a steal and a couple of threes. And if that is the case, then you'll be able to get Kevin Herter towards the back end of your draft, but you'd be rolling in a seventh round type player, a Goran Dragic and an Eric Bledsoe type skill set type stat line. Finally, rounding out our starting five in Atlanta is DeAndre Hunter. I can't really talk too much about him because I don't really expect too much from him or Cam Reddish for that matter. I, I like them both as real life players, but I don't think that that translates as well into the fantasy side. Both are brought in as defensive specialists. Both can guard multiple positions. And I I do think that in most leagues you're in, unless it's super deep, I think that they're going to go undrafted and they'll, they'll still be okay waiver players, but not much more than that. I could be wrong, but on the offensive end, I think there are too many mouths to feed, which would lend them just to being a, a couple of 3 and D wings. The one... Not concerned because I think it's more exciting than anything else is that Atlanta have $40 million in their cap 
So I wouldn't be surprised to see them go after a couple of solid veterans now that Vince Carter's done. And maybe a, a defensive guard. Like I would love to see like a Tyus Jones in the second unit with these guys. But if that doesn't happen, then this is the lineup that they're going to go with. Even still, I don't see them bringing in another starter because they've invested so heavily into these guys. So yeah, I I, I think that the sky's the limit for this team. And next year may not be their year, but the year after that and the year after that it certainly will be. Alrighty, guys, that's all I've got for you. Next week, I'm going to go into another deep dive. If you've got any suggestions on who you'd like me to talk about, please send them through. And as always, if you've got any questions or comments, shoot them across to fantasylandbasketball at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at Mark Fantasyland. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe.